Hey guys, welcome to uh, <laughs> welcome to week two of Grow. Uh, if you are at the recharge retreat, then you've uh, heard some of what we're trying to to dig up here, if you will, in in this series. Um, and so the last time that we were here, Nick talked about prayer. Okay, he talked about prayer, and so I have the privilege this morning uh, of talking about this right here. Okay, we're going to talk about the Bible this morning. Specifically, we're going to talk about uh, reading it. Okay, and and why we read the Bible, right? Because uh, this is something that that gets talked about a lot at church. You know, we we talk about and try to stress how important it is. Uh, but I I feel like we do a bad job sometimes at, at explaining why it is that we're supposed to be in this book. Okay, and so if if I could get you to do one thing this morning, it would be to start loving this book more. Okay, that, that's the whole goal of where we're going. And in order to do that, uh, this morning, I'm not going to be doing any reading. Okay, so what I'm going to do is Nick is going to come around right now. He's going to randomly select some of you who are going to receive an index card with a verse or a passage on it. And when we get to that verse or passage, I'm going to have you read it out loud. Okay, so if you're getting an index card right now, in just a minute, I'm going to have you uh, read those out loud one by one. They will become important. So I'm going to need you guys to be really, really loud this morning. And I'm going to throw the verse up on the screen first. And I would love for all of us to go there together. Okay, so if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible app on your phone or tablet or whatever it is, I want you to actually be turning to these places with me. Okay, and then one person's going to read it out loud. We're going to try to get into the habit. Great. We're going to try to get into the habit of actually working with our Bibles, getting them to the place that we're reading. Okay, but before we do anything else, uh, I would love to just pray and invite uh, Jesus here this morning to be with us. Okay, God, we thank you so much for this time. And I ask, Father, that you would use it powerfully in our lives to remind us, God, of why you've given us this book. And would you help us, God, to love it more this morning, to fall more in love with you through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the first place that we're going is Deuteronomy chapter 32. Who's got that card? He said to them, Take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life, and by this word you shall live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. Thank you. Okay, so Moses is talking to the Israelites here, okay? And what he says, what he says, if you'll look with me at verse 47 there, what he says is, this word is not empty. It's not empty. Do you see what he says about it? He says that the word is your very life. Does that sound unimportant to you? Does that sound like it doesn't matter at all? Does that sound like something that you should pick up occasionally and look at every once in a while? Moses says, you are going to stake your lives on this. This is going to be everything to you. Okay, and why is that? Why, why is that? This is what we're going to do this morning. Okay, these are the five things that we're going to look at really quickly. The first thing is that the word reveals God to us. The word reveals God to us. The second thing is that the word gives us life, strength, hope, beauty, comfort, light, understanding, joy, 
everything that we need, uh, we can find there. The third thing, the word is our weapon in battling sin and evil in our lives and our world. The fourth thing is that the word teaches us and admonishes us. And the last thing is that the word will never fail us, okay? And if you didn't get a chance to write those down, I promise we're going to be working through them here, okay? So that's where we're going. We're talking about why this matters, right? I'm not just going to stand up here and tell you to read it. I'm going to try to help you understand why you should read it, why you should want to read it. Okay, so 1 Samuel 3.21. Who's got that one? Michael. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The first thing that the Bible does for us is it reveals God to us. I need to share with you a reality to help drive this home for you. There's a reality that we don't uh, quite often think about, and the reality is this, okay? The reality of our situation is that we're actually a lot more broken than we would realize or care to admit, okay? The Bible describes our relationship with God before we've met Jesus as this kind of wandering Okay, it talks about us being in darkness, us being separated from God. See, what happened in the book of Genesis is that sin entered the world, and when that happened, it severed our contact, our connection with God. Okay, and so uh, God has seen this reality, and he's tried to rectify it. He's tried to rectify it through two things, okay? He's responded. Okay, he made us a way to know him through two different things. Through this word, right, through his written word, through the the pages of this book, and then finally and ultimately in Jesus Christ, his son, the word became flesh, right? That's John chapter 1. The word Jesus Christ literally took on skin so that we could see what God was like because we had forgotten. We had gotten so consumed in ourselves and in our sin that, that we didn't even know what God was like. We didn't know what he looked like. We didn't know uh, who he was, what he was doing. Everything was hidden and veiled to us because we live in darkness, And so God stepped in on his part and tried to rectify that. He made a way for us to know him by giving us his word. Okay, and so when the Bible talks about God revealing himself in this, uh, if you want to know what he's like, you find out through that. Okay, and uh, why would you want to know what he's like? Why, Why is that important? Why does that matter? How many of you have brothers and sisters, parents, right? Everybody's hand should be up. You all have parents. You might not have brothers and sisters. In your relationship with your family, how do you know someone? Have you ever thought about how you know someone? How do you get to know someone? You spend time with them. You talk to them. Right? You look at what they're doing. You watch what they're saying, and through that, you start to build this idea or image in your head of who a person is, right? Like when I was younger, I didn't really understand what an engineer was. My dad is an engineer by background. I had no idea what that meant, okay? As I got older and started spending more time with him, and he started telling me about his work, I started to understand a little bit more of what he did. 
If I didn't spend time with him, if I didn't hear him talking words to me, right, that would be a lot harder. Think about a relationship, a marriage, a dating relationship, and how hard and challenging that would be if you weren't learning new information about the person. If you just stayed surface level, you never really truly got to know them, you never truly understood them, that's not a real relationship. Relationships grow in knowledge by going deeper into knowledge. And so if you want to know God, God has chosen to reveal himself and he's done it through his word and through Jesus Christ. And so if we have any hope of knowing him, it's by looking at this book. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, there's going to be what? Six verses here? Who has these? The Psalm 119s. I lie in the dust, revive me by your word. My soul melts for heaviness, strengthen me according to your word. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. How sweet is your word is, is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. Tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and the entire thing, the entire thing is based on talking about God's word, okay? And in it, David talks about a lot of things, but primarily what he's trying to get after is that the word gives us what we need. You heard them uh, reading these verses talking about how the word gives us strength, it gives us hope, it gives us joy, it gives us life, it gives us gladness, it helps us in mourning, it does all of these things, right? Here's the reality about the Bible. In it, in this book, right, are thousands of pages with thousands of years of human experience in them. Okay, so you might think you're alone in the world dealing with your problems by yourself. Let me just quickly walk you through a couple of people who might understand a little bit of what you're going through. Abraham understood what it meant to follow God into something unknown. Joseph knew what it was like to fight and struggle uh, with warring against his siblings, right? His own siblings sold him into slavery. You ever have problems with your brothers and sisters? There's people who have experienced that also. Moses was lonely and felt inadequate. He felt so unfit to serve God that he literally asked for his brother to talk for him so that he wouldn't have to speak in public, and God said no. David talked extensively about suffering with depression, anxiety, loneliness, and he also talked extensively about feeling joy and feasting. Job understood what it meant to suffer. He lost everything. If you've ever lost something or been hurting, Job understands. Gideon knew what it felt like to doubt God, question him over and over and over again, even after watching him move. Jesus himself understood what it was like to have to do something that you don't want to do, right? He sat in a garden praying, Lord, take this cup from me. Then he asked, let your will be done though. You want to talk about things in your life that are going on? There are people in that book who experience the exact same thing and you have access to see the way that they handled it, the way that they dealt with it, the way that God moved on their behalf. So why not glean from that? Right? This, this book is a treasury. 
There's riches all throughout it that will help you deal with the stuff that you're walking through right now. All you have to do is go and withdraw from it. Like a bank, you just show up, you read, you take the lesson. The third thing, Ephesians 6.17. Who's got Ephesians 6.17? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. The sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. The word is our weapon in battling sin. Right? This is an offensive tool. It's not just defensive. Right? So you're not just waiting for Satan to attack and fighting him off. When he comes, you're ready. Right? Because we have a great example of this in Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, Satan shows up to tempt Jesus, and he tempts him through three primary ways. He tries to get him to believe that his physical needs are more important than God. He tries to get him to believe that his safety is more important than God. And he tries to get him to believe that power is more important than God. Okay, and all three times Jesus responds not by quoting a pithy little saying or a phrase to make him feel better. He responds by citing scripture, by telling the truth, because Satan is a liar, right? And he's going to try to convince you that his lies are reality. And so if we want to fight him, if we want to go on the offensive against him, this book has the truth that defeats his lies. Okay? And so we can battle sin in our lives and world through the Bible. Colossians 3.16. Who's got that one? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Do you hear that? Let the word of Christ dwell dwell in you. See, here's, here's the reality, the fourth thing. The word teaches us and admonishes us. It shows us different ideas from the ones that we live our lives by. And here's the reality. When the word dwells in us, when we are constantly in this book, when we are spending our time with it, when we are pouring our energy into it, when our heart is dwelling in it, then we get mastered by it. So when it's in us, we're constantly in it. We cannot walk away from it. We can't leave it. If we do not leave that book, it doesn't leave us. Okay, and you're going to live a lot of life yet. And how great would it be for you if you commit now to start being in this, to start living by its truths, to start living by the stuff that it wants to teach you, the stuff that it wants to give you, all of the knowledge and hope that it has to offer you. Why not start taking it now? Why wait until you're 20, 30, 40 years old to start digging into it when it has so much to teach you now? And wouldn't it be great if you got into your 30s and 40s and you had been mastered by this book already? Because you won't be so set in your ways, right? The older you get, the more you're going to entrench yourself where you are. And so why not start letting this teach you now? 1 Peter 1, 22 through 25. Who's got that one? Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly for, from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. 
For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the world of the Lord remains forever. God's word is the only thing that lasts. It's the only thing in your life that isn't going to change. It's the only thing in your life that will never, ever fail you. Okay, and so uh, if you want to talk about building a good foundation for you to live the rest of your life on, this is the place you want to go to. Okay, because there's going to be a lot of joy coming in your life. You're going to experience a lot of good things, but I can promise you also that there's a lot of pain coming. You live long enough, it's going to hurt. It's not going to make sense. You're going to be confused. You're going to be wondering. And getting this now is going to help you then. Okay, and you might be there now. This is the only thing that will never leave you, will never change you, will never, ever, ever fail you. Okay, and so my hope for you this morning is to understand Okay, that all of the truth that this has for you, all of the things that this book offers you, all of the goodness that comes from it is available. We just have to go to it, right? And that might be the the harder part. That might be the really hard part. And we're sitting here and we're asking ourselves, how? How how do we read this book? I got four quick things for you, and then we're going to wrap up, okay? Because uh, we say to read, we can talk about why, but if we're not giving you some tools to put in your toolbox to do this, uh, then it's not going to help you very much, Okay, so I got four things here. The first thing is this. Pray the Bible. Pray the Bible. I know that might sound really weird, but I promise you it's effective. Let me give you an example. Okay, the the goal here is to find a passage or a verse and take that and identify in it, find in it some kind of truth, some kind of promise, an idea that is uh, effective or applicable to your life. Okay, and then you pray into that. Okay, so take Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, from that, what do we glean? We glean that God's a creator. We glean that he's powerful. Okay, and so I can pray because of that. God, thank you for making everything in the universe. Thank you that you are strong enough to sit over all of that and, and watch over all of that. And because of that, I know that you're strong enough and you're powerful enough to watch over me. Right? Simple little prayer, a truth out of scripture. You can sit down, you can do that with any passage. You can take it, you can pray it, say, God, what you're saying here in this verse, do that in my life. The second thing is journal. Similar but different. Take a verse, a passage, uh, something in the Bible, sit down with it, meditate on it, and then write about it. Talk about how uh, it affects you. Talk about what it makes you think about. Write something down. Put words on paper, right? That helps you begin to think about it. It helps you to not just sit and just read something for a second and get up. It causes you to meditate on this, right? You might even start, start doing this at school already, right? Do any of you have to read books and you sit down and you write a little journal entry or blog post about it? Anybody ever done that? That's exactly what we're talking about here just with the Bible. Right? And it helps you to think about it and meditate on it and, and talk about how this matters to your life. The third thing is recite. I won't actually show you an example here, but the idea behind this 
is to take the same passage, the same verse, and just read it out loud over and over and over and over and over again. Right? And that might sound crazy. It might sound a little weird. But I promise you what you're doing is you are hearing and seeing and talking the same verse. And when you do that, all three of those senses are working together to help implant it and ingrain it into your mind. Right? That might not seem like a lot now, but Jesus could not have quoted scripture back to Satan if he didn't first have it here. Right? Nick's going to talk about Bible memorization just a little bit later on, but the idea here is that we're just meditating on it. It's the same thing implanting itself into our hearts. And the last thing is listen. Right? Reciting it might be hard. You can go find an app on your phone if you have it. There are There are places on the internet, Bible Gateway does this, where it will literally read the passage for you out loud, and you can sit and listen to it over and over and over and over again. And it's the same idea as reciting, just you don't have to do as much work. Okay, but it lets you hear. It lets you be in it. It gives you a different way than just, I'm going to sit down and just read blandly for a little bit. It helps you engage the text, right? And that's what we're going for. The hope here is this, guys. The hope is that you will fall in love with this book because if you do that, I promise you, what really will be happening is you are going to fall in love with the God that's behind it. And that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're praying for for you. The best thing that will happen to you is if you fall in love with Jesus, And you can't do that if you're not spending time with him. And one of the fantastic ways that he has given us to spend time with him is by sitting in his word, by dwelling in it, by living it, by choosing to spend our lives doing that. Okay, and so I'm not going to give you some kind of call to action or command to say you should be doing this much, uh, this many days a week. All I'm telling you is if you do not feel like your Bible reading time right now is adequate in your life, there are ways to remedy that. And I'm telling you, if you choose to make that decision, if you choose to make that commitment, uh, you will not be sorry. And I get that it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't want to sit down and read. I really don't. I'm not a huge fan of sitting down and reading. But I do it anyways, because it's good for me. Okay, and I know for a fact that it's good for you guys too. Okay, so please, 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 our hope and prayer is that you will fall in love with this book and fall in love with the God behind the book. Okay, and so with that, I'm going to pray and we can go out to our small groups. God, we thank you this morning uh, that you have so graciously given us a place to turn to when we're in crisis, a place to turn to when we're feasting, God, you've given us a word that never fails, that never changes. And so we thank you for the gift of your word this morning, God. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would supernaturally be implanting in us a desire and a hunger for this book. Would you, God, make it something uh, that doesn't even come from us? Because if, it, if it's reliant on us, God, our hunger for you is just not enough. And so I ask, God, that you would give us a hunger for you, that you would give us a hunger uh, for your book. And I pray for these students, God, that they would be choosing now to start building their lives on it, God, because it will change the course and outcome of their life. 
And so I ask uh, on their behalf, God, today that you would help them to do that now. Don't let them wait, Father. Thank you for this time this morning. Be with us in our small groups, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.